This is Fundraising Radio, and today's a guest speaker with Edith Simchilevi, co-founder of Logic Tools acquired by IBM and also a co-founder of Opalytics acquired by Accenture. And in this episode, we'll talk about these two acquisitions, how they happened, how did that happen back in the days, how Edith is now doing angel investments, and how does the climate in this terrible world investment field is looking right now during this pandemic. So Edith, let's kick off by you giving us some background on yourself and on New York Angels, which you are a part of. I forgot to mention that. Uh, sure. Uh, thanks for having me on. Uh, so uh, I'm actually uh, somewhat new to investing the uh, last couple of years, but uh, we I have a computer science background and we moved to the States in 1986 when uh, David became part of uh, Columbia University and uh, he had an opportunity at, at the time to work on school bus routing and we saw that uh, you know mapping for PCs was uh, just coming up so we could use off-the-shelf uh, software for that and we thought it would be kind of an interesting idea to combine uh, uh, algorithms with um, with this kind of software and in 93 we moved to Chicago and actually I worked from home there so it's 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 strange that this is a whole new thing now but I guess it takes a while and uh, while we were there we actually uh, really liked this we, we thought this idea ha had some value and we were talking to um, some companies about funding it and maybe developing some, some of this type of software, but we could never, we were not successful in, in getting anyone to fund it. So we just decided to develop a prototype by ourselves, what today is called uh, a minute, you know, uh, kind of uh, creating a, a, pro a product that you can uh, test uh, in the market. And um, we, we start, we, the internet just started. So we, we put some stuff up, up on the web and uh, we thought we could do different things. We were talking about network design, inventory optimization, routing, and a few other things. And we, we got a lot of hits on, on network design for some reason. So we, we decided to focus, to focus on that. And really the packages in the market at the time, even though there were a few PC packages, they, they, they tended to be very expensive because they had started on mainframe and they may maybe develop their own mapping and other components, which which made it very expensive. So once we ha we had a prototype, we started kind of showing it around, and we got we got some interest. So we got a few consulting projects where we refined the product, as well as the more importantly, from the internet, we got some of our initial employees uh, who were interested in doing this. So. Um, we had a developer and, and, a, and, a, and a business development guy, and uh, you know, I mean, if you think it, the mid the mid nineties was still not not. I mean, the whole fundraising type uh, environment that we had, an ecosystem that we have today, didn't didn't really exist. So we were kind of lucky that the, that first year when we needed to create a real product from from a kind of minimum viable product. Uh, we, we got a consulting project that funded it. So we started an office. We actually had an office in, we were in Chicago. We had an office in Eugene, Oregon, because uh, the guy that we had hired moved out there. And we had a little office there and that was uh, actually ve very efficient. So, you know, this kind of remote work uh, has been around for a while. Mm -hmm. uh, 
in uh, in two, so the company sort of grew. I mean, we got some pretty strong early customers like UPS and oh, nice. uh, Del Monte and a few and a few others. We did some innovative type marketing. For instance, we sent these really colorful one pages to a list that we got because at the time in conferences they would give you a list of all the attendees with their addresses. So we use that. We, uh, but, but our main goal was really to kind of establish our brand in this somewhat niche market. And also, I think that's why we were approached by VCs over the years, but, you know, but again, we, we didn't think we had that kind of growth curve that, uh, that, you know, that made sense to, to take money. And also by, by that time, you know, we, we, we had clients and, and we, we had revenue. So there was, there was no, uh, real reason for us to do that and it just didn't fit us so, so we ended up uh, growing the company and in 2000 we moved David moved to MIT and we, uh, we we moved to Boston but the company stayed in Chicago because for this kind of logistics business a lot of our clients were in the Midwest so it made a lot of sense and it, it actually the business took off we had a big office in Chicago and, and our office we had a nice office in in Eugene and then in 2006 we decided that you know it, it it's getting a little too big for us, us to manage on, on our own with, with uh, David being a faculty and, and 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 not wanting to bring any kind of outside and we started and it was a good time for to, for acquisition so we we started to, uh, looking around and we were very immersed in um, in the market in 2004 uh, we worked SAP it took us so uh, was using our software and recommending it to their clients. So we, we were at all the conferences and so on. So I met a company called uh, iLog, which we were actually using their um, CPLEX, which is an optimizer. We were using that and they were interested in getting into the application space. We started talking to them and then uh, it's a long story, but somehow by the end of 2006, we got a good offer from them and we decided to, uh, to, to sell. So 2007, the company was was sold and then and then ILOG itself was sold the, to um, IBM in 2009. So that's how, how we ended up at IBM. And then in the middle of 2010, we 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 finished our commitment, you know, to to IBM, and we started thinking of new things to do. And actually, one of the topics that we were very interested in because of a book that David wrote, Operations Rules, was risk management. So we, we were really thinking a lot about creating a, but we, we never actually, we never thought there would be you know, a market just for that product. So in 2012, we started a consulting company with a partner, Micromary, and that company, we did some very interesting things, including some very interesting work in price optimization. And again, we, we did a lot of our traditional work in network design, inventory optimization. And then we, in 2016, we sold that company to Accenture. And in parallel, we started Opolitics, uh, creating software somewhat similar to what we did before, but this time everything you know, on, on the cloud and, and using very advanced uh, kind of development practices and so on. But, uh, and even though we had a great, great product, we didn't really get any traction like we had with our first. So, you know, a lot of it is timing. And also there was there's a big competitor in the market by then. And you know, this, this thing that never really took off and we ended up selling it two years ago to, to Accenture as well. 
So that's kind of the entrepreneurial story. And then uh, I, I, my, my brother is in, in, in Israel is an IVF expert, and he started a company uh, to try and analyze embryos with using artificial intelligence and so forth. So I invested a little bit in that, and that gave me a little bit of taste for investing. And later on, I invested in a so solar company through some, somebody I knew. And then it, I, I'd moved to New York uh, three three years ago. So I, I somebody recommended New York Angels. So I, I I approached them, and they actually don't don't get a lot of cold uh, calls like that. But uh, you know, it's a very established angel group that has been in New York for uh, since the early 2000s. And, Different, different forms. 2003, I think it formally became New York Angels, and it's about uh, you know 120, 130 investments, and it's actually a minimum required investment a year. So we always have to invest as as, as part as part of this. Oh, group. nice. That's uh, really interesting. I I haven't heard that there is a minimum requirement, which is I think is. Which is really great. So first thing that I really want to discuss with you is the difference between fundraising process then when you just started your first company and now uh, nearly 25 years later. What what do you think changed the most? I mean, I, I think now the, there's obviously a huge ecosystem uh, around uh, around fundraising. You know, you have uh, incubators, uh, you have a lot of uh, uh, organization, local organizations. Yesterday we were listening. There's, you know, there's an organization in Newark. There are organization in in the Midwest. I mean, uh, in, in a lot of areas of, of uh, you know, it's been recognized that that you know startups uh, should need to be supported, and and that it also bring brings a lot of value to to the community and a lot of potential uh, business and and. Uh, you know, a thriving economy. So, so the, there's a lot. Uh, you know, every there's a lot of different types. So you, you can you have local type uh, initiatives, and and you have uh, initiatives based on certain topics. You know, so in New York, for instance, there's a, a Foodex, which just specializes in food, and I think in Taiwan, the, the same company, SUSV, which is a huge VC. They, they also have one in Taiwan, but in Taiwan they focus on uh, on you know on cell phone electronics and cell phone technology and telecom. So you know it, it, it's uh, there's a huge huge ecosystem out there, and I think uh, based on what you're doing, you know you can tap. In, in, there's a lot of ways to tap into it, but still I don't I don't think it's 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 I mean, it, it's it's definitely there's a lot of money out there, and and, and but I still think. You know, you have to start from uh, showing quite a lot of value because there's also a lot of competition. And you know, when we we see companies, they're usually uh, a little a little beyond the kind of. We never look at. You never really invest in someone's idea. I mean, there's always already some sort of a, a basic product. You know, preferably there's some revenue. And as I, I mentioned about my last company, I, th I think one of the most important things, obviously, that there's some sort of real customer demand. I mean, that, that's that's sort of the driving thing for these things. So the more you know, the more traction you can show, uh, the, the the better you know, the better position uh, you are. Mm -hmm. That's that's completely right. So 
I, I figured that probably we should move on straight to New York Angels because I just got so interested in that uh, main requirement investment per year. Uh, first, let's let's talk. So each angel group, uh, especially large as large as New York Angels, they usually have some sort of focus. Does New York Angels have some specific uh, field that they like to invest in as well, or are they really general investors? Uh, there's no there's no particular focus. I think uh, it, it, it you know it depends. You know we see we see a lot of different things. So I, I mean I think there's definitely and uh, you know I think healthcare is is probably one of the areas. And then of course because we're in New York, uh, there's some of the fintech stuff that we're interested in. Um, we. We were before, you know, before COVID, th there was more focus on kind of local companies because our, because people actually came to pitch to our offices. So it wasn't exclusive, but there was a bit of a focus on that. I think that's one of maybe the advantages of the the, the pandemic is, is that everything is done remotely now. So this morning, for instance, we were looking at some middle mid companies in the Midwest, an incubator or some organization in the Midwest that that was, that was high. Lighting. So we saw people from Kansas City and, and, and whatnot. So it's much more open. There was also a little bit of focus on, on Israel because some of, some of the mem members are Israeli like me. So, uh, but that's not, not necessary. So, and, and there is a somewhat kind of US focus, but, but, uh, but, but overall it's, it's very, it's pretty open. I mean, we see, we see a huge variety of, of uh, companies, you know, marketplaces and mm -hmm. food and, you know, so. Mm -hmm. Got it. And what's what's the process like? So I know that, uh, for example, for uh, Tech Coast Angels, the West Coast big angel group, uh, there is a really long process. And the key feature of Tech Coast Angels, I think, is that they give feedback on each uh, pitch deck that they receive uh, as a you know, inquiry. Uh, does it work the same way with Angel uh, New York Angels, or do you just get the pitch deck, and if it's not a fit, you just say, "Hey, sorry, it's not not a good fit." So, so there, there's a few there, there's a few steps that uh, uh, there's a few steps that, that we go through. So we we get a lot of uh, we have a system uh, called uh, Gust. So people can, uh, that was developed, by the way, apropos New York, if anybody's really interested in New York Angels, one of the initial founders, David Rose, who also answers a lot of questions on Quora, if you're interested, but he also has a book about angel investing that, that's, that's really good. And right. I think he, 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 he developed the system Gust. So we, we get a lot of, uh, and through our website, you know, you, you, can, you, can, you can apply. And, and and usually you know you, you load pitch deck and another type of information, but usually it's it's a bit of a kind of crowdsourcing thing. So we uh, you know everybody kind of reviews these initial um, applications, and then uh, if if there's enough votes, I think you need just three positive votes, then it will go, it will go into, into the committee, and then sometimes. Some companies, if they already have a connection with one of the angels, and and the angel wants to promote them, then they 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 can go directly in, into the committee, and then this this committee decides uh, who will present. And we see, uh, so we have two meetings a month, and we see 
probably between 15 and 20 pitches a month, just through that. We also do some pitches through all sorts of incubators and, and, and uh, you know, other connections that, that the angels have. And then once we see a company uh, pitch, again, we have a kind of voting system online where uh, people say, you know, if, if they, uh, you know, if they're interested or not, and most importantly, we need we need somebody has to lead because there's obviously there's a process of discovery and due diligence mm -hmm. everywhere else, but it's all done by sort of you know our, our own people. So if somebody is interested enough to to lead this, and now if somebody gets to the pitch stage and and you know and, and is rejected, we usually would obviously say say why. And there's actually an option to come back again if if you know some of the issues were hey you don't have enough customers, but Six months later, you do, you know, you've made a lot of progress and, and, and you do have the customers, then there's an option to, to uh, come back. So, and so, so it's this kind of, and then the next stage after we have a pitch is we have a discovery session because the pitch is like a 10 minute thing, you know, with, with some Q&A, mm -hmm. really fast, but we do have information on the system. So, you know, we, we can look a little bit more in depth than prepare before. And if something's really interesting, and then we have a like a two-hour discovery, and again, you know, everybody who's interested votes, and if there if there is still interest, then uh, then we'd go to the next stage, which is kind of a due diligence, and the whole process it, it depends on the urgency. It's, it takes less than three months usually, but it it could be if there's some sense of urgency. You know, it, it 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 could be more. Then we also, I mean, what I see now, a lot a lot of people, especially in the more advanced, if they're a little more advanced, you know, they talk to a lot of investors, and mm -hmm. and, and so they, you know, the, the, the most convincing thing to investors, if I think, is there's already somebody on board that kind of right. that that helps. But they also have to, you know, convince enough people that it's. Uh, you know that it's that's uh, this is some something that, that, that they want to invest time and money in so mm -hmm. so one of the frequently asked questions that i got a lot recently is fundraising during the pandemic was going on and uh who should founders approach venture capital or angel investors and right now my general answer is venture capitalists basically because they're eventually forced to invest their lps money and what do you think is going on how is the uh, the you know, how's the field looking from the inside? Basically, what do you see there? How how are angel investors reacting to this pandemic? You know, I th I think initially there was there obviously the market went down a lot, and there, there was a bit of a so the, the first instinct, and that's also true for angel investors and and VCs, is got to protect their current investments. So, you know, so, uh, so they would go with maybe, you know, the, the current investments need, you know, if you were lucky enough, like I'm working with a company in New York that was lucky enough to raise money just before this all started. So it doesn't make any difference for them. But, but, but a lot of the investments that have already been made, they need some money to, so, so the first priority would be, and that's true for VCs too, is to prop up whatever investments they already have. So and I think initially, you know, thing, things went in, in, you know, in, in that direction and, and less into new investments. But I, but I think now I don't really, I think things are pretty much back to normal. The only thing I hear uh, once in a while is, is, is that, you know, people expect somewhat lower valuations. 
but then also there there are businesses you know if your business is is doing their businesses actually do well because they relate to trends that are already happening because of the pandemic if it's related to work from home or telemedicine or something like that then the value actually may have gone up and uh, so it's so you know so it it, it really depends but I, I think things are it feels like you know except for the fact and actually people are getting pretty comfortable with the meeting remotely and we get we get more participation today in in our meetings than we did when when things were done in person so this is actually oh, nice <laughs> yeah. so yeah because it's 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 great you don't you know you don't have to go anywhere so i i think um you know there there are so, so i think there are actually some good things that, that have come out of this in the sense that people have got and people who have never used, uh, you know, we used WebEx in my company, you know, in mid '90s. So it's it's, but today the Zoom technology is really good as far as you know, actually seeing people and, and interacting. So a lot of people feel comfortable, you know, hiring and and, and investing. Before it was all oh, I have to meet and I have to have lunch with mm -hmm. someone. I can invest. Mm -hmm. I think that's becoming l less of an issue. Right. So I think right, right. it's good because it, 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 as I said before, it, it untethers you a little bit from the regionality and having to travel to, to the West Coast to meet with people or the East Coast or, or whatever, especially if you're, if you're not in one of those central places. I think it's, a, it's actually a huge advantage. Right, right. That's absolutely true. The world is more flat, as some, some author coined that, that phrase. Exactly. But yeah, yes. that's, that's, that's great to see. It's actually less, I would say, more virtual. That's right. Fair. Yeah. Yeah. It's more virtual. Right. That's true. Uh, you don't really have to move anywhere nowadays. And what's your general advice to founders who are trying to make to, to fundraise right now? So now that the dust settled down just a little bit, what should they do? What do you think their first action should be? Should they start by submitting uh, their pitch decks to large angel groups like New York Angels or should they go to individual angel investors first? I mean, it, it, it really depends where they are. I think I mean, you, I mean, the, it depends on what stage where I feel like, you know, like at a pre-seed, like a very early stage, then, you know, you, 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 could, you could, I mean, one way, I mean, I actually invested in a company, because somebody approached me on LinkedIn and, and I really liked him. I really liked, it's actually an interesting company. Uh, it's called Ghost Talk. It's for, um, uh, he, he went through uh, surrogacy, which was very difficult and complicated and non-transparent. So he decided to create a, a kind of market easier for people to understand the process and, and shop because you need, you, need a, you need a donor, you need a surrogate, you need IVF. It's a very, very complicated process. So I kind of like, again, I'm, I'm sort of close to this and I, I, re I really liked it and I, I was his first investor. So, and at that stage, you know, before you actually have a viable product, it's very hard to go to a VC or even to our group where, you know, they're going to ask a lot of questions and, and want to see a lot mm -hmm. more this. And so it, it's kind of a bit, it's a bit of a leap of faith, but and, and one of the things, I mean, I really, you know, I, I think, you know, you need to connect, you know, to have net, to have certain, you to have networks either professional networks or through school or for because a lot of universities now you know that were never interested in this kind of thing like for instance princeton you know everybody's getting into this now as i said because people understand that this is a huge driver of, of value and, and growth for the economy 
and and and, and you know personal achievement for their graduates. So so a lot of universities are now you know creating funds and so forth, or even local. So I I, th I think you know my the first thing you, you kind of have to have a strategy and really understand you know and 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 do some research about what's going on as as it relates to you know your your you know the founder specific background the alumni network i mean I, you should need to utilize all of that you know you know in order to, and and just be kind of relentless selling it or you know if you can afford to you know just fund it fund it yourself that's actually somewhat of a of a of a better option to to some to some extent because then you know you're not spending time because it does i did take quite a lot of time to do this so it's you know it's it's a it's a trade-off right right it does require plenty of time so before i move on to the last question of this episode i actually remembered that i forgot to ask you what do you personally like to invest in so you mentioned that uh, what new york angels invests in but what do you personally like to invest in so I just want to mention that in New York Angels, we have two ways to invest. One is we invest as a group, but directly into a company. So, you know, we look we look at a company, uh, for instance, so I invested in a company called Sandstone, which makes, uh, it's, it's like a medical device for separating blood, which again, which may be a good thing for now, because it's a, it's a way to, to do a, take a blood, some sort of a blood sample at home and send it out without it spoiling. So that so that so that's uh, and I invested in New Lab, which is a uh, in Brooklyn uh, Navy Pier. They they create there's a beautiful they renovated this beautiful building that, that was some sort of a hangar and and it, it's very very popular um, startup, very interesting startup place. So anyway, I mean there's, there's a lot of so it's, it turns turns out to be very different from, from what I expected. So it, it it tends to be maybe at this point a little bit ad hoc. But the thing with with investing is that you know like everything it's it's it you know you know it's a bit of a crapshoot you don't know yeah off offhand i can't tell you which one of my investments which are very different which one of them will actually pay off it's a matter mm -hmm. of you know, five to ten years from now right so i so it's it, it's you know it's it's a crap that's why you know it's recommended that it's a sort of an accredited investor so it's money that you can afford to lose because it's yeah but I think, but a lot of, but I know, you know, the New York Angels pe people do it. They definitely want to make, want to make money. It's not, it's not something they're averse to. But also, especially in New York Angels, they love, you know, they love the interaction with, with the founders and the excitement. Even, and and actually, they, you know, they're pretty interested in helping out and, you know, with their networks and so forth and and being a little more involved. You know, it depends on the entrepreneur. I think how much they actually use. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, I think if you are raising money or finding an angel, you know, you may want to try and find somebody who can help you in whatever area you, you're in, you know, so, you know, if you're doing medical devices, somebody, doc, you know, somebody who's an expert in, in your area would, would also will understand what you're doing and also could help out because they, they, have, because they have a network. Right. So, those are strategic investors and that's that's a pretty cool thing to pursue so here we're moving on to the last question of today's episode which is a call to action what's that one thing that you want the listener to do as soon as the episode is over i mean i i, I think uh, i mean I, I think having a strategy for you know how you want to uh, to raise money and, and really and take some time to study 
kind of the ecosystem of uh, because it's just it's just pretty complex and and really and you know decide who you it's sort of like a sale you know like make, making sales you have to decide you know who your market is and and who you, so you're basically selling your 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 company so it's good to decide where you know where where you know which people are a good fit for you and and go after it or maybe you know there's all these incubators and things that and, and you're probably familiar with that that they, they they may everyone is a little different but they may invest in you or and, and and take some percentage of the company but they can really open and support you and train you and depends you know if you're, if you're in a first time doing this that you may really gain a lot by by sitting in one of these incubators and learning because they 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 help you with pitches and with an exposure to people and 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 you're around other people like that. Mm -hmm. So I think I mean, there are a lot, there are actually a lot a lot a lot of options, but you know, but for every single you know, case, there's probably things you can focus on that fit you. And then network, I think networking. And and probably the third, maybe it's too much for just one thing, <laughs> but, but uh, also I think one of the things that is really become sort of you know an expert in what you're doing, it's kind of all this new inbound marketing. But that's you know if if, if you know set yourself as as an expert in in what you're in in whatever field you're in, and then talk to other people in in this field and and uh, network around that, and and also that way you could also research. You know, should really have value in the market right that's actually a great call to action it's not one call to action numerous ones but it's good you know the more things you told them to do the higher the chance that they will do at least one of them you know <laughs> so it's a great call to action thanks a lot a for that one and my personal call to action by the way is go to uh apple Podcasts and give five stars to this uh podcast because you know i have like over four thousand listeners and like 10, 15 ratings? Seriously? Come on. Give it five stars. So thanks a lot, Ed. We'll wrap it up here. Thanks a lot for your call to action. Thanks for sharing your knowledge in the field. Really appreciate it. And stay safe out there. Thank you. Appreciate it.